Thank God for what He's done so far. Thank God for our church. Amen. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. You know, this uh, this month, I've already said it, the Lord kind of put it on my heart this month that uh, this month should be all about Jesus. And we talked about how Joseph was just a, a major picture of Christ in the Old Testament. We talked about how that the Bible from the beginning to the end, that's just one example, but you can go back in Genesis and it talks about, or the beginning of Genesis, and it talks about uh, Jesus there. It, it, it prophesies about Jesus. And uh, the whole book and everything about the book is about Jesus. It's all about Him. And our life, our lives here on earth should be all about Him. You know, that's uh, the only place that we have real joy and the only place that we have that security that we was talking about is when our lives are all about Him. And that's the way it should be. And then last week we talked about His, uh, his first miracle. Um, I believe that we've seen the heart of the Lord from His first miracle. We've seen that He cares about us. We've seen that He cares about everything that we go through. He cares about the big things and He cares about the small things. And we've seen His heart through that miracle that He loves us that He does that He loves us in every situation in our life that He cares about them little things that we don't think matters He cares about them it matters to the Lord you matter to the Lord you on an individual basis what you're going through in life even the smallest situations to the greatest He loves us and He cares about us we heard about the heart of the Lord and uh, with the help of the Lord this morning the thought that's on my mind I've preached through this scripture before um, but it's probably been in a little different context but uh, the determination of the Lord. I believe that the Lord had some things determined that He was going to do before He ever came to the earth. I'll just read you the definition. Um, de- uh, determination is the f- uh, firmness of purpose. I believe that He had determined some things before He ever left heaven to come to earth. He determined what He was going to do. He had determined that He loved us. He had determined that uh, He was going to be the propitiation for our sin, that He was going to pay the debt for our sin. He had determined that He was going to live a perfect life. He had determined that He was going to put on the flesh just as us and He was going to face temptation, but He wasn't going to fail. He had determined that in His heart before He ever came. And this morning I believe that there's some things that we need to determine. There's some things that we need to determine in our life that we are going to do. We need to make a determination in our heart in order to go in the way that the Lord went and then the way that the Lord instructs us to go. Um, I won't call no names, but we went to a, a drama or a play there on Friday night and they kept talking about, well, if you'll just say this prayer and you'll ask God to save you, He'll save you. But never once did they say anything about repenting. Never 
never once did they say that you've got to turn from yourself and turn toward the Lord. I believe in order for you to be born again, you've got to determine some things down in your heart that you're going to serve God. That you're going to lay down your flesh. You're going to lay down your own way and you're going to go in the way that Jesus, the way the example that He set for us and the way that He's instructed us to go. There's some things as Christians that we need to have determined. Some things in our heart that we have need to have determined. If you found your place, say amen. amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 3, verse 13. Let's pray, pray before we read the word. Father, we love you this morning. God, we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity it is to be back in your house. God, we thank you for the good crowd that's gathered out this morning on a rainy day. God, we pray, Lord, that your will and your way would be done in this service this morning. God, you know my heart. God, you know my nerves. Lord, you know who I am standing here. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to bring the message that you put on our heart. Bring out each point that you'd have us to bring. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts. Help us to uh, be molded and mended and conform a little more to your image this morning. Help us to determine some things in our heart. God, that we're going to serve you no matter what comes. Lord, I pray if there's one lost this morning under the sound of our voice, God, I pray that you'd do with our heart and draw them to you. Lord, that they might get born again so that they wouldn't have to spend an eternity in hell. God, I thank you for coming to the earth, God, and uh, dying on an old rugged cross to pay the debt for my sin, the debt I owed but couldn't pay. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we'll give you all the honor and glory and praise this morning for all that you've done and all that you're doing. God, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This message may be a little odd, but it's what the Lord's put on my heart. Uh, chapter number 3, verse 13. <clears throat> We've all know this scripture, and I reference it about every time I preach probably, but uh, verse number 13 says, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. So uh, John the Baptist, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, he's down at Jordan and he's baptizing. And here we see uh, verse 13 that said, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto him to be baptized. And that word then, in verse number 13, that very first word there, um, that word represents probably the greatest moment in history up to this time. That was the greatest moment, the greatest thing, the thing that was prophesied of in the Old Testament, the thing that they had seen the pictures of all the way up to this point. The, the whole purpose, the whole uh, reason, the ministry of the Lord was getting ready to begin. That one word there, then, represents the beginning of the ministry of the Lord. It said, then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan. So up to this point, Jesus was 30 years old. And we know that uh, Jesus' ministry didn't begin until he was 30. And at this point, when he had determined in his heart, when the Father had shown him that it was time for his ministry to begin. He had made some determinations that he was going to where John the Baptist was and he was going to be baptized of John the Baptist. You know, when I look at this, I can look at this as an example of our salvation. Jesus didn't have to be saved because Jesus had never sinned. There was no sin in him. But yet, he, when it come down to the time for his ministry to begin, he had to determine in his heart that he was going to go in the way that the Father had called him to go. You know, before we can ever be saved, we've got to determine down in our heart that we're going to go in the way that the Father is telling us to go. Jesus was our example, and here we see that He determined He was going down to Galilee to Jordan to be baptized of John. That was the beginning of His ministry. You know, in our salvation, when we first get uh, saved, when we first repent and turn to the Lord, we determine that we're going to go in the way of the Lord, and with them we get 
get baptized. First, we got to make the determination. We've got to repent down in our heart. But then we go and we get baptized. Baptism comes after salvation. I believe Jesus was the example. The determination was already made. Hey, the way of the Father was already there. He was already going in the way of God. You know, it's not just a prayer that you pray. You don't just come to an altar and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. Will you save me? It's something that's down on the inside. It's a determination of the heart. It's a repentance of the heart. With the mouth, uh, with the uh, with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. That's repentance. If you truly believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and you truly believe and know that you are a sinner, and without the blood of Jesus, you're going to die and go to a devil's hell. If you realize that, and you see that you want to be saved, you don't just say a prayer. You determine in your heart. You give your heart to the Lord, and He'll save you and wash your sins away. It's more than just a prayer. They've made light of it all around the world. While we was down there at this church, I was with Jeffrey. I looked at Jeffrey and I said, four or five years from now, we're going to build us a building like this. They probably had 700 seats in this place. Nice new building. And uh, there was seats everywhere. And I thought, boy, it would be nice if the Lord would let us grow like that. But then I thought, you know, wonder why they've grew. Wonder why there's such a crowd. It's because we've made it so easy. We've made it so easy. There is no uh, repentance. There is no determination of the heart that we've got to go in the way of God. They're not telling you that you've got to live right to die right. They're saying say a little prayer and everything will be okay. But that's not salvation. It takes true repentance. It takes turning from yourself and turning toward the Lord. And I don't care if we ever grow. I'm going to preach what the Bible says. The Bible says you've got to live right. If we're going to go to heaven, you've got to endure unto the end. You've got to live it every day of your life. We've got to turn toward the Lord. Amen. Y'all get behind me this morning. Said then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. That was from Galilee to Jordan was 80 miles. That was a long way. I'd never noticed that before until I got to looking in it. But it was 80 miles that Jesus apparently walked. He didn't have a car. That'd be like going from here to Charlotte. 80 miles. We jump in the car and we can be there in two hours. But Jesus had to walk. You know, we think, and the way that it's portrayed in our day is that salvation is just easy. The salvation, if you'll get saved, everything will be all right. If you'll get saved, then you'll never have any more troubles. If you'll get saved, then then the Lord will put everything in your life back together. But that's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. That's not how it works. Here when Jesus had begun His ministry, and when we get saved, our ministry begins. Whether you're a, a preacher, or whether you're a teacher, or whether you're just a lay member that fills your position in your seat, you have a ministry. There's a lost and dying world that's watching you. There's a testimony of your life. You may never stand up and give your testimony but your life is a testimony. If you've stepped out and said I'm a child of God, I've been born again, I belong to the Lord, then your life is a testimony and there's a lost and dying world that's watching your every move. The world only sees you as a representation of Jesus. You're an ambassador for the Lord. You are the representative of the Lord that's in their life. You may be the only Bible that they ever read 
so whether you're in the ministry per se or not, you have a ministry in your life. The day that you got born again, your ministry began. And your ministry ain't going to be easy. It's going to take you some places that you didn't know you was going to go. Yeah, amen. It's going to take you some places you didn't want to go. It's going to take you on some uh, trips. It's going to be hard. And it's going to be tiring. We see here that Jesus walked 80 miles at the very beginning of His ministry. It wasn't easy from the start. It was, it was tough. It was hard. There's some things and some valleys and some hardships that we got to endure through in order to be the representation of God. In order to be a child of God. In order to be uh, uh, the witness to a lost and dying world. There's some things we got to endure. Verse 14, But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou unto me. And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it be so for now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straight up, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We see here that uh, the Spirit of God descended on Jesus. We've all heard this over and over, and I use it quite often. But uh, this is an example. I don't, I don't know that the heavens opens up like it did here for, uh, for us when we get born again. But I do believe that the Spirit of God descends on us when we get saved. And then we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in order to help us along the way in our ministry. You know, He didn't just send it just to make us feel good. He didn't just send the Comforter just to, just to make us look good or to, or to make us not worry about our sin or to make a way that we can still sin and be saved. He sent the Comforter so it can guide us and lead us into the right direction that we can go. But here we see the Spirit of God has descended on Jesus. You know, I thought about this. This was the greatest point in history that the ministry of the Lord had began. Up to this point, um, this was just prophesied of. This was just told that this was coming. But now it's happened. You know, all, all through the Old Testament, they looked forward toward Jesus. And all after, after Jesus in the New Testament and up to today, we're all looking back toward Jesus. And the only way that you can be saved is faith in Him and what He done on the cross. And I believe there was some Old Testament saints that were saved because they was looking forward toward Jesus. Just the same as we're looking back to Him. There's some that was saved in the Old Testament just as now. And this point in Jesus' life and this point in history was the greatest moment up until this time. You know, and I thought about with our salvation, the greatest point in our history, the greatest point in our life is the day that the Lord speaks to our heart. You know, that can be the greatest point when He speaks to your heart and you surrender your life to Him, but it can also be the worst day of your life. If you don't adhere to the voice of the Lord, if you don't surrender your life, from that point forward, your history is still changed. You'll know that you heard the voice of the Lord. You'll know that you had an opportunity to get born again. But if you deny the voice of God and continue in your sin, that day will be the worst day in your history. Once you hear the voice of the Lord and He deals with your heart, there is no going back from that. You'll either be happy and joyful and you'll be excited about what God's doing in your life because you give it to Him or you'll be sad and scared and living in fear because you'll know that you're lost and dying and going to a devil's hell. <clears throat> Amen.
chapter number four. That's <clears throat> what we're trying to get to. We all know this scripture. <clears throat> I'll just give you what the Lord's put on our heart and we'll get out of the way. <clears throat> then was Jesus led up into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. <clears throat> There's another one of them thens. So Jesus' ministry had just began. The Spirit of God had just came on him. And then, that's immediately after. Immediately after he had just begun his ministry, then he was led up in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He was led up of the devil, to be, or led up of the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. You know, I try my best to stay out of the wilderness. The wild, all the wilderness is is a lonesome, desert, desolate place. I found that me as a man or as a Christian in general, the places where I get myself in trouble is when I get off by myself. When I get off by myself and I know that nobody's going to know what I'm doing or nobody's going to find out what I've been doing, but the Lord knows. Even when I'm right by myself and I do things I shouldn't do and I end up tempted because I'm out in a lonesome desert place, your desert may be right at home right by yourself. It don't have to be out in a wilderness somewhere. But when you get off by yourself and you're doing things you shouldn't do, um, I, I try my best to avoid those places. That's places where I don't want to go. But as we see here that Jesus was led of the Spirit. I believe that was the Spirit of God had led Jesus into this wilderness place in order to be tempted of the devil. You know, sometimes in our life we may be led of the Spirit into a wilderness place to be tempted of the devil. I believe it's a, there's a purpose behind it. There was a purpose that Jesus was led up. It was uh, so that He could go through everything that we did so that He could be the uh, propitiation for our sin so that He would be able to pay the debt that we owed he had to be tempted in all points just as we are but sometimes we end up in the temptation and we think that we've done it to ourselves or we think that uh, uh, um, that we've got out of the will of God is the reason that we're tempted but it may in fact be that the spirit of God if you're saved that the spirit of God has led you to this place of temptation I believe we need to determine some things in our heart I believe that we need to determine this morning that when we do end up in those places sometimes we can't avoid them it may be the will of God that we're going to stay on the path we're going to stay the course the spirit has led Jesus here and before Jesus ever come to earth he knew that he would be in this wilderness place and he knew that the devil would tempt him and can I tell you today that before you ever get saved I want you to know that the devil's going to tempt you and you're going to end up in a wilderness place and you're going to end up in a place where there is no church members there to help you. There is no brother or sister in Christ there to help you. Determine in your heart this morning that you're going to stay the course. That you're going to live right before God. Whether anybody else sees you or not you're going to live right before God. When you're home alone. When you're on vacation. Wherever you may be. Uh, determine in your heart today that you're going to live right. That you're going to go all the way to the end. Jesus had to. Jesus had to withstand this, this scripture. We all know this scripture is where the devil uh, tempts Jesus. Jesus had to stay the course throughout the, the, the scripture, throughout his life, in order to pay the debt for our sin. What makes us think that we don't have to? 
What makes us think that because He paid the, uh, the debt for us, that now we can just sin and we can just come back and repent and it's okay. Listen, we, we preached it there a few weeks ago over in 1 John. He told us to walk in the light. And if we walk in the light, everything will be okay. I believe our sins are forgiven when we walk in the light. And if we die walking in the light, I believe that we're safe. I believe we're secure and we're going to go to heaven. But if you're walking in sin, if you're walking in darkness, Darkness. If I die out there in the world somewhere, walking in darkness, and I don't make it back to the light, if you die in darkness, you're going to spend eternity in darkness. You're going to end up in hell forever and ever. I want to make sure that I'm following the will of God and I'm living for the Lord all the way to my last breath so there is no doubt of where I'm going. Of where I'm going. If you die in darkness, you'll spend eternity in darkness. If you die in the light, you'll spend eternity in the light. The light's where I want to go. The light is Jesus. Jesus is the light of heaven. Uh, The Bible says that death and hell is going to be cast out in the lake of fire forever and ever and ever. And if you end up in hell, there is no retry. There is no redo. There is no second chances. The debt can't be paid because the debt that you owe is an eternity in hell. Inhale. And determine in our hearts this morning. We're going to live for the Lord. I preached this scripture before. And when I preached it then, the, the thought on my heart was, it's a battle, but it's worth it. The life of a Christian, the Christian walk, the Christian way, the way of a a saved man is a battle. It is hard. It's not easy. There ain't nothing easy about living a Christian life, but it's worth it. It's definitely worth it. The Bible says the way of a transgressor is hard. The life of a sinner is way harder than it is the life of a Christian. No matter what, you've still got to live. No matter which path you go, you're still going to have to face life. You're still going to have to face the rain. It says it rains on the uh, just and the unjust. No matter which direction you go, we're still going to have to live life. But if you live it for the Lord, you can live it with assurance. You can live it knowing that you've got a better home to go to. We've got a better place to go. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. I find this very interesting. <clears throat> we know that the Bible will see. I think I got it wrote down. Uh, I can't find it. But the Bible says that the Spirit's willing and the flesh, the flesh is weak. And we see here that Jesus knew before He ever came to earth, He knew what His life was going to be. He's God. God knows everything. He knows the beginning and the end. He knows it all. He's the creator of life. He knows everything about it. And before Jesus ever came, He knew that He was going to be tempted in the wilderness of the devil. And the very first temptation that He was going to come to Him with was bread. But His reaction to this temptation that He knew was coming was to fast for 40 days. I've fasted for three days before. 
And I, I, I can't imagine what it was like to fast for 40 days, to not eat anything, to only drink water for 40 solid days. I would say that uh, Jesus, before he went to this temptation, before his fast, if somebody had seen him before and then they seen him after, they probably wouldn't even recognize him. If you don't eat a bite of food for 40 days, your body's in pretty bad shape. But in order to uh, strengthen his spirit... In order to strengthen his spiritual man, in order to withstand uh, uh, the temptation that the devil was coming at him with, he's seen it uh, that he needed to fast. You know, if we will, the, the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak, it's kind of a play on words. But if we will uh, 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 strengthen the spirit and we'll weaken the flesh, which is what Jesus done here in this passage of scripture, then we'll be able to withstand the enemy. You know, a lot of times us as Christians, we'll fall to sin. We'll fall into the trap that the devil sets for us and the reason is because we've strengthened our flesh and we've weakened our spirit. We haven't done anything in order to stand strong. We need to determine in our hearts that we're going to do the will of God and we're going to read our Bible. We're going to study our word. We're going to come to church every opportunity that we get. We're going to come at 10 a.m. We're going to come on Wednesday nights. We're going to come to the Christmas play. We're going to come to Bible study. We're going to try to be one with our brothers and sisters so that when the devil does come because the devil is coming he's coming to your life he's coming to your house and he's going to tempt you with everything that he can but if your flesh is what you've been feeding you're going to fall into the temptation I'm guilty of this I know my own life I'll feed my flesh and he'll come and he'll tempt me and I'll fall right into the trap that he set for me and that's because I ain't fed my spirit none I ain't been feeding my spirit in order to be able to withstand him. Amen. Y'all getting this? Amen this morning. Praise the Lord. Thank God. Amen. Amen. So the first, we all know the scripture, the first temptation that the devil brought to him was the lust of the flesh. You know, that's the first temptation he brings to me about every time is the lust of the flesh. He don't tempt me like he used to. Used to, he could tempt me with drugs. He could tempt me with alcohol. But these things, that he don't tempt me with that no more. It could end up there, but he tempts me with other things now. And if I'll fall prey to one of his temptations, if I'll give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And I'll be right back out there where I was. I've got to strengthen my spirit in order to weaken my flesh. <clears throat> Verse number 3. And when the tempter came to him, he said... If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. So the temptation was him tempting him that he was who he said he was. And that's the way he comes at me. He'll come to me and he'll say, If you're saved, if the Lord really loves you, then you'll be able to play in sin and still be all right. If the Lord really loves you, if you're really a child of God, you can dabble around in sin and just go back and repent and everything will be okay. But that's not the Word of God. That's not the Word of God. If I continually play around in sin, then I'll end up in a devil's hell. You can't live in sin and go to heaven. It does not work that way. And that's the way He come to the Lord and that's the way He comes to me. He said, if you're really the Son of God, do this. If you really are who you say you are, you go ahead and step out and command that these stones be made of bread. If you're really saved, if you really are saved, the Lord will let you play around a little bit and everything will be okay. That's a lie. That's a lie. He's a liar and the father of it. And he'll do everything he can do to trick you and to steal you and to kill you and to destroy your life. 
verse number 4, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I like this. That is a direct quote from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. So Jesus, we know from John, that Jesus is the Word of God. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the Word of God used the Word of God to stand against the enemy. So when the devil came to tempt the Lord, who is the Word of God, he had to use the Word of God as a sword to fight off the enemy. If we're ever going to be able to fight off the enemy, we're going to have to know the Word of God. You know, I believe that the devil probably knows every word that's in this book. He knows every word in this book far greater than I do. And I believe that's why the Bible tells us to study to show ourselves approved before God, a workman. And we've got to know the Word if we're ever going to be able to stand up against the enemy, we got to know the Word. The only way, the only defense, the only sword that I have to fight him off is the Word of God. Amen. Verse number 5, Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, into the holy city, and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If, there's another one of them ifs, Thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. So the devil takes the Lord up to the uh, pinnacle of the temple. That tells me that Satan's got some power. Satan's got some power, but the only power that Satan's got is the power that the Lord's give him. But that tells me that Satan has more power than me as a human has. He's got more ability than I've got on my own. Without the Spirit of God, without the help of the Lord, I can't fight off the devil. He took Jesus literally to the uh, pinnacle of the temple uh, under his own power. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. So here he is, he's tempting him with the pride of life. He's tempted him saying, if you are who you say you are, you can keep yourself alive. If you're truly the Son of God, prove to me who you are. You know, that's what the devil does to me. He says, if you are the man that you say you are, we grow up and we're taught to be men. We're taught that we should be manly men, that we shouldn't cry. Terry King's testified of it multiple times that he was down here at the baptizing hole and he was lost and he kept telling himself, you're a man, you shouldn't be crying. You're a man, you shouldn't be crying. That's because he was proud. Our pride will send us to hell. You know, we have to humble ourselves down before the Lord before we can ever be in His will. Before we can ever be saved. Before we can ever be a a, a use to the Lord, we have to humble ourselves down. And I like this, Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's another direct quote. That's the Word of God using the Word of God against the devil. That's Deuteronomy 6 
and 16, the only defense that I have is the Word of God. The only defense that the Word of God had against Satan was the Word of God itself. And we go week after week and don't study our Word. These Sunday school teachers, Butch, when he asks us to raise our hand, he knows which one of us is not raising our hand. But it don't matter that Butch knows. It matters that the Lord knows. And it matters that the devil knows. And when the devil comes to tempt you, he knows that you have no defense. If you're wondering why you're continually falling into the trap of the devil, it's because the devil knows your weakness. The devil has power. And the devil knows where you're failing. And that's where he's going to come at you at. And if you'll strengthen yourself, if you'll weaken your flesh, if you'll fast and study the Word of God, then you'll have the ability to stand up against the devil through the power of God. Verse number 8. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then Jesus saith unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. That's from Deuteronomy 6.13. That's another quote from the Old Testament. The Word of God has quoted the Scripture. <clears throat> Chapter number nine, or verse number 9, He said, And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee. There's another one of them ifs. If. If. Every time the devil tempts us, He comes at us with an if. We have a choice to make. On the day that I got born again, I had a choice to make. He didn't force me to get saved. The devil didn't force me to stay lost. I had a choice to make. Every day of my spiritual life, every day of my life, I've got a choice to make. There's ifs that come up in my life. Are you going to go this way or are you going to go that way? Are you going to do the Lord's will or are you going to do your own will? Am I going to go the way the Lord has told me to go in my word or am I going to go the way my flesh wants to go? Am I going to read my word before I lay down to go to sleep or am I going to watch TV? Am I going to say a prayer and pray to God and try to strengthen my, uh, my, my spirit or am I just going to strengthen my flesh and go right on off to sleep? Ifs. We've got ifs every day in our life. If Jesus had to face the ifs, I've got to face some ifs. And we've got to determine in our heart we're going to go the way of the Lord. It's a battle, but it's worth it. Living for the Lord is worth it. I've got a reward waiting over yonder. I didn't do it for the reward. I'd done it so I didn't have to die and go to hell. But uh, on the other side of that, I get a reward that I've not earned. It's a free gift that Larry was talking about this morning. I didn't earn it. I can't do nothing to earn it. But I believe after he's given it to me, he expects me to take care of it. If I got a, a new car for Christmas... I believe if, if Tiffany bought me a new car and I, uh, for Christmas and I took that car and I went right out here and went right dead in the mud hole and ruined it, I believe she'd be upset with me. I don't believe she'd be my wife anymore. She'd probably divorce me if she'd spent that much money and I just ruined it. Well, the Lord has given us a free gift of salvation and I believe He expects us to take care of it. I believe He expects us to do His will. There's some things in our mind and in our hearts we've got to determine that we're going to do. So the devil takes him up and he says, If you'll do my will, if you'll follow me, if you'll surrender it to me, I'll give you all of this. All of that that he tempted the Lord with was already the Lord's. 
It was already His. And everything that we want, every desire of our heart, if we could realize that one day all of our desires are going to be filled. Everything that we could ever want is going to be filled. We won't want the things of the world because we've got a far greater inheritance waiting on us over there in glory. The devil can tempt us with things of the world, but there ain't nothing that he can give me that actually belongs to him. It already belongs to the Father. He said he owned the cattle of a thousand hills. He owns them all. This world's his. This church is his. This pulpit his. Everything, the clothes on my back, the shoes on my feet, the car I'm driving, it all belongs to the Lord. And I've got to continue on and determine in my heart I'm not going to fall for the ifs and the tricks of Satan. I'm going to continue on so I can get this same inheritance as Jesus of eternal life in glory. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. I believe in 2023 and soon to be 2024, we forgot what it even is to worship God. We forgot what it even is to worship only Him. Worshiping the Lord is just doing His will. It's just following Him, doing His will over everything else in life. The reason that it's so easy to fall into the trick of the devil and to go in the wrong direction is because we're not putting God first. We don't even know what that means. We don't even understand what it means to put God first, to put His will before our own. We don't understand that. We in America are spoiled. We flick a light and it comes on. We flush a toilet and it flushes. I used to get on my nerves when Papa and these older ones would preach it, but I know exactly what they're saying now. We're just spoiled. And because of that, because we don't have to trust in the Lord to make our house payment, we don't have to trust in the Lord to cut the lights on, we don't have to trust in the Lord to keep the doors open at the church, we just do it on our own because of our jobs, we forgot what it is to truly put God first. Everything else in the world comes before God. We need to determine in our hearts that we're going to sacrifice some things. Obedience requires sacrifice. If you're going to be obedient to God, you've got to sacrifice some things in life. You've got to sacrifice some things of the flesh. We've got to sacrifice some ball games. We've got to sacrifice some things that pulls us away from God. We want to do all these other things and we let things come before us and the Lord and then we fall into the temptation of the devil and then we get defeated and we say, Wow, wow, Lord, have you let this happen? It's because we've allowed it to happen. We've opened up the door that Satan sees to come in and take an inch and then he takes over our life and we end up plumb out of church. There's many members of this church used to be all through here and we could go back through and name them and we do often. We request prayer for them that that's exactly what's happened to them is they've went just a little ways, just a little ways. They've decided that they was going to do this instead of serving God. They decided they was going to start missing on Wednesday nights and then they end up totally out. They decided that a ball game was more important. I know y'all don't like that and that's fine. They decided that a ball game was more important than a church service but there's absolutely nothing more important than filling your position in your seat if you're a member at Mount Vernon Church and the doors at Mount Vernon is open and we're having a service you should be here you're opening the door for the devil to come into your life but you're also opening it for him to come into your seat Hey, when we see that you're not here or a lost man or a lost woman comes into the house and you're not in the seat you're supposed to be that opens the avenue in their mind We've got a place to fill. We've got to put the Lord first Amen. in everything we do. 
Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, <clears throat> Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. What, what I really wanted to get at was let us hold fast our profession. I've said it often and I'll continue to say it I guess. But our salvation isn't just a one time profession. It's an everyday decision. The moment that I wake up in the morning i got to decide I'm going to serve God today. I'm going to do all I can do to make sure that I'm in the will of God. I'm going to do all I can do to make sure that God is first in our life. If it was something that I didn't have to do, if it wasn't a decision I didn't have to make, He wouldn't have told us to hold fast to our profession. i got to hold fast. i got to keep going. i got to press on toward the mark. The choice is mine. Them ifs, i got to choose Him. <clears throat> Verse number 11, I'll be done. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came in and ministered unto him. That verse in Luke where it tells the same account says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. So if we hold fast, if we strengthen our spirit, if we stand fast serving the Lord, you know, I'm not able to resist sin. I'm just not. My human nature, I'm not able to resist sin. I've told you all this often. I think I said it Wednesday night. I'm not able to resist sin. But what I am able to do is to serve the Lord. And if I'm busy serving the Lord, and I'm busy doing the will of God, that's the only way I'm able to resist the sin. Within myself, as a kid growing up, I always thought that I had to keep myself from sinning. That's impossible. I can't keep myself from sinning, but the power of God can. But the power of the Lord can. The defense of the gospel can. The word of God buried down in my heart. When I feed myself with the word, that can keep me from going into the world. When I put God first, when I seek His will before my own, that will keep me from sinning. There won't be a hole for Satan to get in to tempt me. And when he tempts me, I'll have something to stand on. I'll have the word of God to stand on. But he said, Then the devil leaveth him... Uh, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So the devil will leave you for a season. Didn't say he'll leave you, but it said that he'd leave you for a season. And it said that the uh, angels came and ministered unto him. When I read that, I even worked, wrote this in, our, in my Bible. But I wrote our worship. Our worship. You know, sometimes when I get in the house of God, or almost all the time, when I get in the house of the Lord, I forget what's going on in the world. That's why I love church so much, because I forget what's happening out there. I don't think about my job. I don't think about my house payment. I don't think about none of that. All I think about is the Lord. And when I get really good and in the will of God, in the life that I'm living, I don't know what happens when the Spirit of God moves around this place. I don't know. But I see here that the angels ministered unto Jesus. Made me wonder if when we really get in tune with God, when we really get right with the Lord, when we've really got full of 
the Holy Ghost if angels don't come and minister to us. Made me wonder if the reason that we don't have them Holy Ghost filled services, the reason when the preacher stands up to preach and everybody just stares instead of getting into the message is because we're not full of the Holy Ghost and we've not determined that we're going to live for the Lord. And the reason that we're not spirit filled and shouting the glory this morning is because we've not put the effort in through the week in order to be ministered to on Sunday. I wonder that. I wonder. I wonder why times we come into the church and sometimes it's just, man, it gets good. Those times are getting far and few between. It used to be growing up when I was a kid, man, we had good services all the time. And I don't want to go to the past. I don't want to go back there and it be like it was then. We can't do that. It's impossible for us to have church like we used to 20 years ago. But I believe that the Spirit of God can still move around our church in a new and fresh way. Not not different, not compromising, not a changed word, but He can give us what we need for today if we will determine some things in our heart. Jesus determined that He was not going to fall to the temptation of the devil. Jesus determined that He was going to live sinless all the way to the cross. I believe that's some things that we need to determine within ourselves and if we would determine them things sometimes when we gather together I believe that the angels might minister unto us. I believe that the Spirit of God might move and we might shed a tear and we might shout a little and we might have some joy and excitement down in our heart. There's some things we need to determine. It's a battle but it's worth it. Amen. Let's all stand. Tommy Lynn you come on. Ever head bowed, ever eye closed. I'm going to be honest with you, this morning was tough. Standing here this morning has just been tough. I don't know if it's me or what it is, but it's just been tough. I don't like when it's tough. I like when the Spirit of God just moves and makes it easy, but it's not always like that. This morning, I don't know anybody's heart but mine. I'm going to pray here in just a minute myself. Because I want to make a a stronger determination in my own heart that I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to do whatever it takes to see Mount Vernon Church continue on. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that my life is right with the Lord and that He's number one. That my job ain't before Him. That my daughter ain't before Him. My wife ain't before Him. But that He's number one in my life. Listen, this morning, I don't know your heart. don't know who you are. don't know anything you do this week. I don't know. But if you ain't determined in your heart that you're going to serve God over and above everything else, won't you come pray? Won't you come pray? The altar's open. Some already on the altar. But if you ain't been determined like you should and you know you should, come get determined. Come ask Him. I believe He'll give you what you need. He'll fill you with the Spirit if you want it. If you really want it. This morning, let's get determined. Every head still bowed. Every eye still closed. If you're here this morning, you're lost. Preacher, I ain't saved. If I died right now, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, I want to pray for you. Would you slip your hand up and right back down and say, Preacher, pray for me. I don't know. Amen. God bless that hand. Would there be anybody else? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved. I don't know for sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Preacher, pray for me. Would there be anybody? I ain't going to call your name out. I ain't even going to tell nobody else that you raised your hand. It's between me and you and God. Would you raise your hand and say, Preacher, pray for me. I want to go to heaven. I just don't know for sure that I'm ready. Would there be anybody else? Amen. Maybe you're here today and you served God a while. You served God before, but you just ain't right today. 
If that's you here today and you're backslid, say, Preacher, pray for me. Would you raise your hand? Preacher, I need your prayers. I ain't made them determinations in my heart. I've failed. I've failed God. I need to do better. Would there be anybody raise their hand? Preacher, pray for me. Anybody at all? Amen. God bless that hand. Anybody else? Preacher, pray for me. Amen. Thank God for the message. <clears throat> Anybody else got something on your heart? Something you need to do? Amen. 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 